0: The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in the following program belong solely to the host and guest and do not necessarily reflect those of this radio station, our parent company, advertisers, or affiliates. Welcome to Sharing Our Stories. We share stories of support for individuals in recovery from substance misuse and mental health-related issues. There are numerous pathways to recovery, and each week we welcome powerful leaders and role models who have struggled in drug and or alcohol addiction, have found a pathway to recovery, and who thrive as positive community members with an ongoing vision of success. Join us as we share our experiences, strength and hope when the world says give up. Hope whispers. Try it one more time. Mile high. Welcome back to Sharing Our Stories. My name is Slim with Nani Al-Jalil and of course, of course, Tomas Hernandez from Tribe Recovery Homes. Our guest today is Stacey K. Cyphers from Colorado. And if you're just tuning in, you're like, what is this all about? Well, Sharing Our Stories is a program about addiction and recovery. Everybody in this room has dealt with addiction to drugs and or alcohol, and we are in our recovery. And uh, we believe that by sharing these stories, hopefully we can reach somebody out there in the high who might be suffering an addiction or somebody who has a friend, a family member, a loved one who is suffering an addiction, and maybe you can understand what they're going through a little bit more, or if you're dealing with addiction, you can say, you know what? I'm listening to these stories of other people in recovery. It's something that I want. It's something I believe I can do, and I want to go for it too. And I want to make it happen. So we like to share stories of recovery and let you know that recovery does happen. This program is brought to you here at the Merge Media Academy Studios, the 5280 Podcast Studios. And it is brought to you by Tribe Recovery Homes and Caring for Denver. And Tomas Hernandez is the CEO, the jefe of Tribe Recovery Homes. He's a very busy man. That's why he's always sitting here with three phones as he, (laughs) as he, but no, this is real. This is for real. As he, as he's helping people out, like he's actually making moves pretty much at all times. And um, he is a leader in the Colorado community, Uh, him and his team, Nani, and and the rest of the staff they have there in helping people get clean, get sober and find their recovery. Um, I love the hat you got on today.
1: Thanks, man. It's a friend of mine from uh, Compton. Um, he's in recovery. He's got over 25 years. In For recovery. those
0: that can't see his hat, it's a bright red hat with white lettering. It says dopeless on it. Having no dope. Dopeless. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> That's yeah, right.
1: yeah, yeah. He made it look like a Dodgers hat.
0: I didn't didn't bother to notice the the font of the Dodgers. You could care less about that part. But I like the the messaging uh, of of Dopeless, man. How's things going? How's the expansion into Vegas going?
1: It's good. It's good. We got a good team out there. You know, what's great about it is um, I took another approach than just kind of cutting down the middle and then just creating two families. Um, Colorado and Las Vegas is working together tirelessly to get this program going. To make sure that we can hit it um las vegas just like colorado uh government is really um been open arms um so my ideology of marrying community to to uh you know uh, judicial agencies to 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 politics to to government working hand in hand really works um you know, I I came in there with a very small budget, drove a car in there, and did exactly what I did when I first started Tribe here in Colorado,
0: and it's uh, and it's worked. So It still blows my mind that you're a guy that talks to politicians and, yeah. and people of, of high stature. Yeah. <laughs> they, they talk to you and yeah. offer you uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars to help people recover. You?
1: Yeah, but yeah it's a man, sign I'm learning I, but, like terminology like EBITDA and all this stuff on financial (laughs) stuff. And it's like.
0: But the most amazing people in recovery are folks just like yourself, folks that you you don't judge a book by a cover. Don't look at somebody and think Mm. you know who they are. Because if somebody did that with you, they're going to be so mistaken, so mistaken to find out that you're a leader in this community of helping people get clean, man. So thank you for that.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that. You know, it's the biggest thing in the listeners that are out there that they feel stigmatized. Just don't let them do it. Just, you know, you got to look in the mirror every day. I got I to gotta see who I am. I have tattoos all over my head, my face, my body. And I'm not going to stigmatize myself. So I'm not going to let anybody else. I'm not going to allow somebody to judge me, or nor do I care how they feel about me. I'm going to get down the road, and I'm going to get my dreams done because there's only one life. What else to... I mean, I've wasted a lot of it, uh-huh. you know. Um, I have a lot of people that depend on me, you know. I mean, I got a wonderful life. I got a great wife. I got a, a, amazing kids. I, got a, my, I don't just have employees. I have family. Like, Nani texts me every morning. You know what I mean? She's probably the most bubbly she, she of sunshine. You, she keeps you working. Stuff, she keeps you stuff moving. The she, she texts <laughs> is like, oh, hi. Uh, the donut with a freaking sunrise
2: on it. How are
0: you, you doing? You know
2: what I mean? I'm doing good. Good? Staying really busy. Staying connected to the community. Lots of really great things coming up for Tribe. Lots of events going on. We're excited. Holidays are coming.
0: Yeah. So Hai, if you've ever wanted to be a guest on this program, if you want to come in and share your story, you've dealt with addiction, you're in recovery, Nani's who you talk to, Nani's who will reach out to you you and uh, (laughs) she will will give you the full rundown of of what you're getting into when you come in here to speak. And um, she is our our liaison between all of our guests and this program. So if you want to come beyond the program, jump on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash SOS, sharing our stories, leave us a message and Nani will reach back to you and you'll be sitting right where Stacy is. Yeah. Yeah. And our guest today is Stacy K. Cyphers from Colorado. And I've known Stacy for years, mm-hmm. like over 10 years. Yes. Because your daughter was in, in high school and you said that she's six, 26 now. Yes. And your daughter's a cancer survivor, by the way. Yes. I just want to start with that. Yes. She has the most amazing daughter <laughs> who dealt with cancer uh, as a child. She is fully recovered, right? Fully. We, we call, in remission, we call yes. that, right? Yes, exactly. And, uh, wonderful kid i remember as a kid she's a young adult now but uh, i gotta give kennedy a little shout out yeah Yeah. hey kennedy how you doing and i'm so and i'm so happy that you're that you are where you are in your life and healthy and and living kennedy and and just living life is what i mean so um congrats kennedy
2: all right so our guest
0: is stacy k cyphers from colorado um thanks for being here
2: thank you guys i i'm really i really am excited to be able to hopefully with my story, help somebody.
0: Well, you know, the, it's, it's, this, the program runs really, really simply. If we help one person, if we reach one person, if that message gets to one person out there in the mile high, it is a success. And I firmly believe that what you have to share today will do just that. And uh, mile high, I want you to turn your radio up just a little bit more. If you're online streaming us, turn it up a little bit more and uh, give your attention to our guest today from Colorado, Stacey K. Cyphers. Thanks for being here.
2: Well, thanks again. I, I'm super excited um, to be here. I do feel that, um, as Tomas had mentioned, like the stigma of addiction, alcoholism, things like that, because it was really, really super hard for me to tell anybody, anybody that I was an alcoholic or anybody that I was an addict. I mean, it just wasn't going to happen because that to me was just such a dirty, disgusting, you know, that's what was brought in. Oh, well, he was an alcoholic or her dad was an. you know, and it just was like, that's me. And I just realized that I have to admit who I am and what I am and that I'm going to be this addict, alcoholic for the rest of my life. Active, no, but I still am an alcoholic. If I pick up that drink you know, I'm I'm an alcoholic in recovery is what I should say. Um, You know, I think back, I am from Delphi, Indiana. So that's a really small town in Indiana and um, lived the normal Midwest life, just was a cheerleader, you know, was just uh, hanging out with my friends in the 80s. And I'm you know, just having a good time drinking that Boone's Farm, you know. That was my first time of drinking Boone's was Boone's Farm. Farm. Tomas
0: just looked like he had a, such a flashback. Yeah, His eyes opened up. Yeah. His eyes have been closed since we started. They just Farm. fully opened up and he was like, Boone's Farm. You know, that old, Do you have a flashback to that? That
1: was like... The fake ID thing to get oh, the yes. girls. So a bunch of Boone oh yes, absolutely. Farm and Purple Passion, so they could get drunk too.
2: Purple Passion, Tickle King. Is that like Mad Dog
0: Twenty Twenty? Yeah, yes,
1: I mean, oh, Matt,
2: mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Big Mouth, Mickey's. You know, you name it. Yeah. So, I think that was my first experience with drinking. Was in high school, just casually partying and stuff. But I, I should have known at that time like most young girls, that something wasn't quite right with me because I also was starting to have an eating disorder, went hand in hand. I don't know what the correlation is, you know, medically, but that was something that was happening to me. So I tried to get a grip on all of that, and I wanted to leave my small hometown um, to see the world, so I joined the military. And um, I am 100% service-connected disabled um, through the uh, VA, and that is quite a feat to, to get a service connection. So I had some pretty nasty things happen to me in the military, you know. And so when I left at 18, I was grandfathered into Colorado, had the grandfather clause where you could drink 3-2 beer, or whatever, nobody ever checked, you know, but we could drink at 18. You didn't have to be 21. So, I mean, I went from some bad things happening, even through basic training, into my first um, duty uh, station was Lowry before it changed and is now Buckley. And so we could drink there, and I did. And it, it, um, it was something that was comforting to me and something that Um, I could forget some of the things that happened, but then more things kept happening. And I used to blame myself for that. Like many women do, I'm doing something wrong. I'm asking for trouble, you know, whatever happened. But now that um, through the different recovery programs that I've worked, I realized that it wasn't my fault. Um, I really, truly was a victim, which I don't like to think of myself as a victim because That just sounds so helpless. But part of me is a victim. I had things happen to me that I couldn't stop. I had things happen to me that no matter what I wanted to do to make it not happen, there wasn't that avenue for me to be safe. So I went overseas. And again, this is back in the Gulf War. Um, So I'm aging myself quite a bit. Or Desert Shield, Desert Storm.
0: I'm right there with you. It's okay. (laughs) okay. (laughs) Yes. We're right there. We're right together.
2: Yes. (laughs) Um, I I ended up having um, some... I was finding myself again. Here comes this creeped up, this eating disorder again. And I was really sick. And I think it was my cry for help. Like, can't you see that I... Now that I can look back at it. Can't you see that I need help? Like... I don't know because I couldn't say the words because I felt like nobody was listening to me. So I think destroying or hurting myself was one way that I was hoping that I could be seen that way. So with that being said, I ended up getting out of the um, military with an honorable, you know, honorably discharged. Uh, Luckily, um, never had any major problems in the military or got in trouble in the military, um, I just was kind of swept under the carpet, and hopefully, you know, she'll get out, and I did. So I fought really long and hard with the VA for um, the uh, the what do I want to say? I, being 100% service-connected, um, disabled. Not because I like the word "disabled," but because it is the truth. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we have to take what other people judge us as when they don't know anything about what has happened. Mm-hmm. So after the military, um, you know, you're pretty lost. I was pretty lost. I was like, I don't know really what I'm doing. I'm back in, in the Midwest, which is where I wanted to leave from. And I found myself getting into um, some really shady um, working at bar, um, you know, just kind of walking around in a bikini and, you know, cause that's just what I could do for fast cash at that time. I've never really like totally admitted this, but, um, making money, thank God. I, I mean, and I'm not judging strippers, but I didn't get to the point where I was stripping. Mm-hmm. I didn't get to the point where I was selling my body. And I thank the Lord for that all the time, because at that point I started to do cocaine because it kept me skinny. And, um, there's going to be a lot of people that can't believe the story, but, um, I was doing cocaine and I was on a bunch of mental health medicines that they had given me after the military. And I ended up going to my first rehab. After my first rehab, I got out, was, was doing really well, was working, um, at a location back in Indiana, met, um, who I would marry and have my beautiful girls, Kennedy and Kerrigan. Absolutely just the joys of my life. Um, In the military, I had Nicole. So I have three daughters, Nicole, who's going to be a psychologist, Kennedy, who is a cancer survivor and has a titanium rib cage. So they literally took her ribs out and put a titanium piece in. I have Kerrigan, who just just got married to Louie and just... Got to be a massage her massage therapy degree, so those three girls are doing great. And all the mess up as I was as a mother, somehow those children made it because I put them through hell. And I know that unintentionally, I know it was not easy for them. So then I have a son also, which will come a little bit later. But um, he's at uh, University of Mariana baseball and academic scholarship. So you know, I, I am very grateful that my children, um, so far are staying on the straight and narrow and have not been in trouble Mm -hmm. because oftentimes children that come from such broken parents and such misguided and unaware as I was, they could have very easily fell into that. But I think part of me knew that I needed to keep them straight. So I came back to Indiana, as I mentioned, and, um, went into my first rehab, got married, um, Terrible uh, when you are codependent. So, uh, marriage failed, and I came to Colorado and was completely sober. So, I have been sober up until my latest relapse almost 13 years sober. So, 13 years completely sober, not even communion wine, you know, like, wow. no, we are sober mm-hmm. and we're mm-hmm. going to be sober. I was sober through Kennedy's diagnosis and through all of the stuff that happened with her and her cancer journey. Six weeks after Kennedy was diagnosed, my father was diagnosed. Full cancer was gone. A couple months later, while my daughter was in treatment here, I'm flying to Indiana to say goodbye to my 60-year-old dad. Still sober. Mm -hmm. Two years later, my mom had a glioblastoma. 61 years old. That's a brain cancer, If for people that might not understand that. Terrible disease, terrible. Um, and all three of these cancers are non-family related or history related. You know, they're all mm. different. So I'm sitting here thinking, what in the heck is going on with our family? Like my, Both my parents are gone, but my daughter's doing well, still sober. So I think what happened is that my ego got to me. I think I felt like if I can stay sober through all that.
0: You're good now. I'm yeah. fine.
2: Mm-hmm. You're good. I relapsed in one second, that one second that I decided that I am fine. I am strong. I can have a glass of wine. What is a glass of wine? Well, the glass of wine was damn, damn near at the end of my life. Because about a year later, I'm standing in the snow without any shoes on, a little sundress with my gun, and I was standing out in a cornfield and ready to end it all. Mm -hmm. So that's how quickly things can change. I'm not saying that everybody that relapses goes to that extreme, but it happened to me. And so I was um, 100% out of my mind of suicidal, depression, anxiety, so on and so forth. So three years ago, well, in 2020, so the year of the pandemic, I went into... um, into Harmony, a treatment center in Estes Park. So I went in and, in the end of March. Well, during that time, the whole country shut down. We didn't know. I used to be there 30 days. I was there for much longer because I, I needed that extra help. So the whole country shut down. When I came, when we all, so I can't imagine the other people, came out, there was no meetings in person there was no um being able to have coffee with somebody if you needed to talk because you just straight out got out of rehab there was n- there was nothing it was all done online and where i live up in northeastern colorado our service is not that great as far as for for internet mm-hmm. and things shady spotty so I would get so frustrated, like I just wanna to talk to somebody, like I just need somebody to talk to. So I realized that that wasn't gonna be an avenue for me, so I needed to find self-help books. And I don't really have one that I can say is like the, the go-to. Mm-hmm. But things about um, your goals, know, th- goals of what you have, because I needed to look to the future because what the problem was with me is I never let go of the past. As cliche as that sounds, I never let go of the past. So I would bring it up all the time. I did this. I had two failed marriages. I had, three, you know, all of these things that were just so awful in people's eyes. But it brings me to where I'm at today. So I think that by finding avenues that I could do for on my own at that point because I could not have one on one or person contact worked for me, and people will say, You know you definitely need to have, and I am not ever ever bashing any kind of program because I've been to those programs and um, different programs that are available, and they all and they work, but when they're not available to you at all, how can something work when it's you can't even find a place to have a meeting mm-hmm. so I believe also, in addition to the programs that are available to um, addicts and alcoholics, is that you can do things on your own if that's what has to happen for that time. You know, I made it through that time Mm -hmm. that we couldn't. Our country was shut down. So after that, I decided to then, I got onto the Zoom calls and I was able, when we could go to the library and use the library access and things like that, you know, and that really, really helped. So... With that um, being said, I think that I would like to just share with people that if they're in a really safe, they feel like they're in a really safe and good place, I'm not trying to scare anybody, but I can tell you that in one second, that can change. You're not completely sober forever if you're not working that program or that you you have to fight for it. And, and that sounds extremely, extremely rough, I guess. And that's not what I'm trying to say. You have to fight for it because the demons in the of this disease and with the addict and with pills, it was pills that were prescribed to me. I had pain medicine that was prescribed to me. Well, I knew exactly what to say to the doctor to get more, mm-hmm. because they made me feel good. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I liked that, and, and that was something that was comfortable to me. So, I know for a fact that when I thought I was safe, I wasn't. And when I thought that I was in control, I wasn't. And how quickly it went from the glass of wine at the piano bar to me standing in my yard with a gun to my head Mm -hmm. the disease for me takes me into an absolutely horrible place it's not being numb from something that happened anymore it's i have a hold on you i have a grip on you
1: so what does your recovery look like today so like past covid past the self-help books where what what does that look like today how did how did you get to where you're at today to keep keep that ball rolling um yeah, that's that's, the, that's the, the question I'm sure the listeners are biting their nails at
2: right now. Sure. So with where I live and there are not meetings available, there are online Zoom uh-huh. calls where you can be in a meeting. Okay. And be in a meeting with people that you can then be in the same meeting, you know, and go, um, which is what I did. It was one that okay. was um, extended from my um, EOP for harmony okay once i could get that but that is exactly what i needed to do
1: that's awesome, that's awesome. and through over harmony is a good 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 program i've toured it many times i remember um i used to joke with the ceo that uh i was gonna steal the big black rhino out of there yes. they have a they have a huge rhino inside there that's uh extinct and you can't sell it you can't take it out of there you can't real, transport it? it yeah it's real okay so yeah so it used to be selling. a hunting lodge So before they turned it into rehab, that thing's just basically stuck there until it burns down or disintegrates. (laughs) But I was like, I was going to try to figure out a way to take that ride. Yeah, I was going to get it somehow. (laughs) And you just look at me like, whatever. But, yeah, I just Uh thought I'd throw that out there, listeners. But anyway. Speaking Uh of the hunting
2: lodge, there was one day I was in rehab, and I kept hearing on my window and it was a glass window and I had um because of PTSD and things like that, I had my own little room um for night terrors and things like that as I was detoxing and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I kept peering. And I opened my door and there was a turkey with his feathers out. Mm-hmm. And he was trying to attack himself in the reflection <laughs> of, in the reflection of is Oh, okay, I don't know what to do. Shoo, 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 you know, go on. I mean, he was huge. And then as I looked out, there was other turkeys there, but he had found his reflection. And then another day, which I really needed this in recovery, I opened the door, and there was the biggest herd of elk that you could ever imagine. And I just Mm -hmm. stood there and watched how large they were, but how how they were gliding across. Because it snowed up there when I was there in March, uh, Mm -hmm. April. And I looked, and I thought how majestic like you know it's those little things that you see that all of a sudden just kind of hit your heart Mm -hmm. and so like the hunting i can understand that's a hunting lodge because it was just it it, i was like this massive animal i just felt like i needed his power or something it was it was crazy but um,
1: and the work that they do there what they've invested in you know um listeners there's they put in 3.5 to 4 million dollars into a detox for their patients into that in that building not in the hunting lodge this is not just a hunting lodge it was invested into it's harmony is a beautiful 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 um, rehab it also helps for our first responders so um, yeah. if you are a first responder and you're struggling right now please call harmony if you need help do not sit there and feel like there's not a place for you Harmony can't help you in Estes Park.
2: That is a great, that, and I, I can attest to it. I've been sober ever since the day I left. So, you know, now it's over three years. Um, I don't take one day of that for granted because I had almost 13 years. Why did I want that wine? Why? Part of me still has the demon inside that thinks that if you're going through a tough time or something, there's a way to, to numb that. It has
1: to be that. Yeah, you know, me being in Vegas, um, I always tell, like I was telling Nani and and Julia when we got there, like, just remember, it's just a light bulb. Mm -hmm. There's a light switch somewhere around here. All that is is just a light bulb. Mm -hmm. It's just a place with a light bulb. Don't, Don't buy into all this bull crap that's around here. Mm-hmm. we're here to do, we have a mission we're here to save lives
2: absolutely and mm-hmm. and i love that save lives because i know that there's somebody out there that is very much like me that has tons of sobriety you know years of sobriety over a decade of sobriety that sounds like a lot yeah yeah it is, yeah, it is. It is. over it is a, is a decade lot. A lot. right and things in the world right now are really really hard Mm -hmm. you know i I mean it's hard out there i'm not Mm -hmm. gonna get into the politics of it um because i'm way opinionated so i'm gonna keep that to myself (laughs)
1: i do got a a big question yes being a mother going through all the things that you had to do but the big question is is being in the woman in the military being a vet in recovery What does that look like? Because that's, that's, there's many of you out there and that's not a question that's, that's asked a lot and that's something that really needs to be asked. And
2: well, one thing I can honestly say is that if there's anybody that is struggling at all that has been in the military, we all have this, this pride in us that, you know, I did not believe that I had PTSD. Why would I? That's for the the frontliners that, you know, that, the people in battle, people can have PTSD for many different reasons. And there are people that have seen things, done things, um, had to work in the medical field, whatever it shall be. They have had parts of trauma in their life. And the way that I explain that, and then I'll go back to finishing that, is like here is a ball, a perfectly round, beautiful ball I'm holding in my hand. So I'm going to set the ball down because this is the beginning of my life. And I'm going to roll the ball. And then when something happens to me, and I'm saying significantly, it, roll, it goes over a razor blade. So part of the ball is gone or injured. But it's still rolling. So it's rolling again to the next trauma, to the next h- terrible heartache of somebody's life, to the next trauma. So you have this ball that you pick up, and all around it, it has... Slices in it. That never change that that'll never leave you. That is in that is in your psyche, in your body, in your mind, whether you're addressing it or not, it is there. Then something else happens and all of a sudden this ball is rolling back and forth, and all these other these other slices are now going for what you just had. We're gonna make it bigger, we're gonna fix it. You know, like we're and that's how I and explain it so the ball of my life had tons and from childhood unfortunately to the military to high school when it started with the the, the eating disorder there's a slice mm-hmm. to the things that happened to me in the military there's a slice to the uh the abusive um relationships there's another slice to the diagnosis of my daughter there's a slice death of my parents I could go on and go on so I'm holding this ball that's that's just sliced but it's my ball it's it's me and there's a lot of light in that ball. So I did not realize that that ball can hold PTSD. You know, I just yeah. didn't realize that. So there's, there's people in the military that, that are out there that, that don't think that they're worthy or don't think that they, they fit this, this um, level of getting help because they weren't front lines, whatever it would be. Yeah. The thing is, is that they can go on to VA.org. Okay, and I'm not a spokesperson for the VA at all. I'm telling you what I've done with myself. Yeah. They can start a claim the day that they ask for the medical part of mm-hmm. it is a day that they sign up at va.org. Yeah. It might take a while for them to get it to go through, but it goes back to that date. They can get help. There's free resources on va.org without going through yeah. to get a um, to get a. I'm so sorry. This is my brain. Um, a percentage uh, to get a rating. That's this, what I meant
1: to say. This is crazy because I'm talking to you about this. I sat with, um, he's he's pretty famous. I don't know if you've heard of Brian Slate, Trauma and Triumph.
2: Yes, Trauma and Triumph. Yes.
1: I, I sat with him last night. <sighs> I'm consulting for him in Utah. He's building a 300-bed facility for, uh, for veterans.
2: I love that so much. Um,
1: yeah, we'll we'll definitely have to have you yes. meet up with him. Yes. Um, yes I'm going to bring him to Colorado please. to, to – uh, to see how we do things at Tribe, because he wants to put a judicial track in that. Um, military service is so much needed for for men and women, and mm-hmm. for the service. Um, you know, it's it's a trick out there. Every our listeners that are listening, um, you know, it's not a Medicaid track. It's a TriCare, TriWest mm-hmm. type of situation. Exactly. Um, it's very tricky. VA mm-hmm. has to very much protect our service people because people that outside influences and outside, uh, private um, agencies sometimes tend to abuse those, those insurance policies and then they have to lock it up a little bit and then bring it back in house, you know? So we really need to do a better job as providers to make sure that we are giving those proper services out there to our military that come home. Because, yes. you know, I don't know if you've ever been into any problem-solving court. Just like this young lady just stated, sitting in the front in a sundress with a gun, they either mm-hmm. go hard or go home. There's no really mm-hmm. a There's misdemeanor not. about it. There's not. It's, it's triple 70 felonies in one case. Yes. Um, you know, I was talking to Brian. He was just talking about he was so mad the other day that he he was just putting cement in the back of a truck. And the guy didn't do it how he wanted to. Mm-hmm. And he almost ripped him out of the forklift. Yeah. It was that quick with his TBI and his, yes, and his reaction.
2: TBI, exactly. So, what is
1: TBI? That is a, a brain injury, yes, traumatic, okay. brain traumatic, brain in, traumatic brain injury. Traumatic brain injury. Gotcha, gotcha, you, got you.
2: yeah. Um, and PTSD um, mm-hmm. is very much like that. So, oh, I have PTSD's. problems with my um, short term memory and mm-hmm. things uh, that I really am very aware, getting better aware of. Um, ADHD, I thought that was just a hyper kid running around. No, it's how you cannot follow through with tasks and things like that. So those are some good things um, that happened was the diagnosis. So then I know how to help myself get better. But before I went to Harmony, I forgot to mention this, I um, worked with six counties. So I was the only representative at the time for veteran suicide awareness. So um, that was also part of it that put me over the edge is that there are so many of them that I you not I that that aren't being saved mm-hmm. that are not mm-hmm. getting the resources that they need that are not getting the medical help they're just saying you know what we're going to send you home come back or get a hold of your therapist well you know you talk to a Vietnam vet that's mm-hmm. up in the middle of northeastern Colorado where is he going to see a therapist mm-hmm. the closest hospital is over an hour away there, some of them do not even have smartphones do not have there's apps for everything well some still have landlines mm-hmm. and and you know the thing is is that i saw every age that i could you know from kids that are just coming home to um the korean all of it so i think the stigma for for ones that did not think or do didn't did not believe or didn't understand ptsd and the fact of alcoholism happens um, the drug addiction happens the um you know everything even heroin and meth i mean there it 's everywhere I mean, if you have a veteran that that has a tooth that 's infected, mm-hmm. where are they going to go to get help when some of them can 't drive mm-hmm. and then you start getting that, how are they going to numb this pain I mean like that sounds so silly but it happens all the time and i learned that in my job before i was standing in the field with a gun to my head um
1: see that's him right there yes. and get you with him uh, that would be enough.
2: amazing yeah, i got would a love new that book
1: it's called cleared hot um we got to get him on the show
2: i love it um
1: trauma and triumph that's um, crazy
2: and you were just with him yes was it's, meant with to him last it's so night. wild it's meant just with to him yeah. last
1: night um, i love it he wants to do he bought a hospital Bought a hospital in Utah. I, I just, you know what it's, I mean. It's, and wonderful. it's for the military. It's it's going to be ran by military vets.
2: I so just I'm think sure. it's. I think that is amazing. And the thing with so many vets, um, since we're on that subject, and because I am one, and it is a big part of my disease and and things. Um, everybody talks about the stigma, stigma, stigma. Well, there is a stigma. There, I mean, you know, you, you start to hear that so often, like, let's break the stigma. You know, Well, everybody. No, there is a stigma because I was not going to put disabled veteran plates on my car because I didn't think I deserved that. Mm-hmm. And I was 100% service-connected disabled. Disabled, yeah. I, You know, things like that um, that I had spoke to so many people because I had six counties. So you
1: stigmatized yourself. I did. Why wouldn't fine. I? Because
2: I wasn't – I was – i was uh, abused uh-huh. um but did i cause that abuse was it because you know i was drinking or my girlfriends and i were out doing things you know and so i blamed myself
1: you know i still get that there's a couple there's two establishments in las vegas right now and i'm not even gonna i had a couple of friends even one of my attorney that i can't even go into because of my tattoos and how i look um basically blocked my entry they don't even know what i do for a living uh-huh. um uh-huh. gang affiliation uh-huh. you know they blocked you judging me for, you, judging my, me for gang, gang tattoos it. and, and mm-hmm. affiliation and possible menace whatever whatever's on their mind you name it it's in their computer and my id's flagged to go into the establishment and i can't do that anymore you know and that's and it's going on today and it's funny you know these two establishments are or this one particular that I'm not going to mention in Blast, which I want to so bad, um, is the, the pot calling the kettle black on that. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Just the dumbest situation on earth um, on that. And it's, uh, it's funny that still today, drinking energy drinks, uh-huh. smoking cigars, doing nothing, not even participating in the things that happened in this place, walking out at a respectable hour, I still get thrown under the bus. But I'm okay with it today because you know what? Like how we were talking about at the beginning of the show, I really don't care what people believe in me. But I do got to believe on what I care about myself right. because I can be my worst enemy like what me you were too. just talking about. You know me what I mean? Too. So I really got to learn how to love myself and, and not say mean things to myself. Oh,
2: yeah. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. not
1: allow, you know, because it creeps in because the ones that love you, that tell you certain things, you start to believe those things, you know. that's And that's how it happened to me when I was younger. You know, those, those certain things that, the ones that you love so much that say certain mm-hmm. negative things. Yes. Kind of starts to become a part of you. Right. And then ideologies of those things, you start, kind of just hold on to. So, like. Those great things about recovery is awesome. Like I always mention Nani. Like I'll get that text. I'll get a text from a kid that I get. Like I, I, my, my homeboy, Corey Dion, he gives me a daily reading every morning. Crazy, crazy dude from Boston. He's from Southie. Crazy guy. You know, and he'll say the most repugnant stuff. <laughs> if you call him like it's 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 spiritual on the page but like you know just if you know anybody from boston oh, yes. as soon as you call him like what's up you la, 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 yeah la, yeah la, la, absolutely la, la. you know what i mean yeah you know yeah,
2: i do know and you, and my ex-husband is from boston yeah so
1: <laughs> or it's Worcester.
2: yeah you know what i mean yes i do and it's,
1: and it's that and it's that there but you know he's in recovery he would jump on a plane with his last dollar if i called Corey. You know, yeah. and that and that's the beauty of recovery, listeners. If, if you're not in recovery, and you need to be in recovery, uh-huh. get in here because I'm telling you,
2: you can make it.
1: It's the best place on earth. I have my whole family in this damn whole movement that saved my life. If you are at seven in the morning right now, contemplating your uh-huh. life. And you're loaded. You have tears in your eyes. Or you're a family member and you know somebody that needs help. Call somebody now. Don't, don't hesitate. Don't wait.
2: There's not time.
1: There's no time. You don't want to be just like this lady just said. Mm-hmm. Just like she just said. Sitting in the middle of a yard with a pistol in your hand. Mm-hmm. She's not the first. She's not going to be the last. Right. She's not. Unfortunately... There will be many people that actually pulled that. They're going to pull that trigger. You know what I mean. You got to pull the trigger the other way. You got to use the phone.
2: Yes, and that's what happened with me. It was a FaceTime. I think what you brought something up about the stigma. I was actually in the VA, and I had um, an older gentleman, and he was with—I'm assuming his wife, possibly, or you know, a female that was around the same age. And he said, "Why well, know Why she's here? I know how she got here. To me, I know how." You know, loud enough for me to hear, and I thought, "What does that mean?" Mm-hmm. And his, and so his wife said, "What? Are, what are you talking about?" He goes, "It's the pretty ones," mm-hmm. and wow. I was sick. First off, I don't think I'm pretty. That's not what I'm saying. The second off is that he literally knew I knew in his mind why I was at the VA, mm. and that just I'll never forget that. You know, and. About the, the, the pistol in the hand, um, one thing I can say having suicidal ideations in my mm-hmm. past is that people, there are people that don't want to kill themselves. I'm going to say that and I'm going to get a lot of slack. And the reason why I'm going to say that is because I've talked to people that actually were in the same. It's that one second choice where nothing, you cannot see one single beam of light in your world at that very second that you did not have hope, you did not have recovery choices, you did not have tribe, you did not have options. And it's that one second that you cannot take back. And if you can get a hold of somebody, I always say one second, if you can get a hold of them before that one second, because it is in that second. And in that second, I ended up FaceTiming my beautiful daughters, and I was out of my mind. And now I'm so embarrassed that that happened. But I am. I'm embarrassed that they had to see me. I'm, I'm saddened, not embarrassed. Mm-hmm. I'm saddened that they had to see me like that. My husband, my current husband, is somebody that I went to high school with and then we separated, you know, went our separate ways. He went to play college ball. I went to the military and we've been together um, now uh, 15. To, let's see, Caden's now going to be 20, so like 17 years. Mm-hmm. So, um, with having somebody that said, I'm going to find you help, you need help, I've got to get you help, and he is calling around, just a country boy from Indiana, and I love you, David, if you're listening to this, but trying to tell them, this is the insurance that I have, how can I help my wife?
0: Mm-hmm. No,
2: I'm not going to take, no, I need her to get in there today.
0: That's love. And yeah.
2: to, 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 to do that for me. Um, knowing
0: and not to force you, to assist you. You assist
2: me. I knew I had to go. You
0: know, because I'm not a big, I'm not big on forcing people. I don't think it works in the long term. But assisting?
2: Yeah, that's, that's why I
0: try to tell these people you're a family member, you got a loved one or something. Yes. Assist. 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 Don't force. Don't force. Assist. Yes. Yes. yes,
2: because at that point, if somebody would have told me that that's what I needed to do, if somebody would have yes. said, you're so effed up and you know, and you're ruining the family and stuff, I would not have cared that they said that. Yes. I would have resented them for saying that to me.
1: Yeah, you know, my mom did it all the time. Oh, ruining my the family God. I'm like, well...
2: So what I understood to.
1: is y'all were ruined before I was born. So, like, I'm... You're a jerk. Like, I'm but... an addition. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm an addition to yeah. it. I'm just carrying the flame here. Right. You know what I mean? She used to get mad at me saying stuff like that. But I get it, you know, but... Yeah. You know, just... The, but they couldn't the thing, force you. No. You no, know, I've done... Absolutely You know, not. not to toot my own horn, but, I mean, 36 states, I've done a lot of interventions. Uh-huh. I've done over two, 300 interventions. It's easy. That's wonderful, And there's... Just patience and listening. Shut the hell up. Listen. Let them get it out. Uh-huh. They're going to run. They're going to kick. They're going to scream. Just let them get exhausted. And then my favorite thing is, is I just laugh the way I do it. Like, you done yet? You done do, yet? Do you
0: believe in intervention? Do you believe it works?
1: I believe the way I do things. I don't do the big family lock yeah. the car in the driveway. Let's do the family letters and all that stuff. I go right in the midst of the situation i pray to my higher power to speak for me and i have conversations i have the first conversation maybe i got to come back i have the second conversation you know sometimes it's on the first one and they're ready to roll you know what i mean first contact is a phone call but the first time in person i know that i got a shot to do something you just kind of know it's
0: not a it's but I feel a, like your intervention is an influence them, a, a community yeah, with them, yeah, open you, their mind. It's not a here I am and this is the intervention yeah, and I'm putting trust. you in the backseat and I'm taking you to a place yeah, you're being locked up for 30, 30 days. They got to trust, you know? that, um, doesn't, that doesn't
1: Yeah, I don't show up I, in to suits and stuff. They, they, got, they got to build trust because where I'm, where I'm meeting them at is like, you know, I'm, the places where I did it was like in Boyle Heights, Riviera Beach, Miami, Trenton, New Jersey, you know what I mean? The middle of L.A. in, in, in huh. Skid Row. You know, I'm going, I'm going to places where nobody else will go, and I'm just sitting with them. Downtown Denver, of 13th in, in a laddie.
0: It's amazing you know, what you can do by just you know, talking just to sitting, somebody. You know, yes.
1: you, know, you know, you got different kinds of currency there. You don't know how far socks and underwear goes. Fresh socks and underwear. You know, a dollar can buy you a conversation. Five dollars? Can buy a meal, maybe a beer for them. Ten dollars can feed them. Twenty dollars is cool. Fifty dollars, a hundred dollars could get you killed or get them killed, or it could kill them with some dope. Yeah, so right. you got to watch giving so doing? much money. You, you know yeah. what I mean? But resources, all that kind of stuff. You know, there's a, a lot of different ways to do interventions, but it's really building trust. Once you got that trust, no matter how high they are, you know. Sometimes if they're too erratic, you got to you got to you got to gear back down. Chill out, get them some coffee in them, you know. And sometimes people just ain't ready. They Ain't ready if they're if they're racing too hard. Give them your card, be like, you know where to get a hold of me. And then you just come back, be like, what's up, man? You ready? You ready, ready. now? You ain't ready. Let's let's go. You ain't ready, you know. But you don't box them in. Like I see some of that stuff on TV. Like man, I
0: ain't- <laughs> I've never been a fan of interventions, but yours is not the way I I I envision intervention. And so, yours, I'm a fan of. Yeah, but yeah. The, hey, man, we're just here. You're going to come with us because we're tired of this and we're locking you in, in yeah, the car now, and we're taking you I down. Did the, to, it's I did about the that. kid ones.
1: Have you ever heard of the kid ones that go to like a uh, teen challenge and all that? Mm-hmm. Basically, the parents sign over the rights. And I had a big old Samoan friend that's in recovery and you got pain in the butt kids. And we just basically kick the bed at 12 at night and wake them up. And take them. Be like, your know. bags are packed. Your mom's packed your bags. Get up, get in a car. This paper says, "Boy, you coming with me?"
0: I might have a different view for those under 18. Yeah, uh, that's, be that's a little bit more a little bit more you open. Know that's, a little bit more open to you that. Know you I'm take just not them. a fan of intervention.
1: Yeah, Cuz if you don't want it, it doesn't work. Exactly, but you know like my type of intervention, I, you know, I have I have a thing that I say to them when when, they, when you call me, I take my hat off, they see my tattoos like if you didn't in front of me, a man with his tattoo on his head you effed up in life, man. If I'm your last resort, <laughs> if I'm your last yeah. resort in life, there ain't much left on me. If, I mean, if, really if
2: Tomas shows up, yeah. up in car, get in yeah, the car, man. You see Tomas Hernandez is at your yeah, house? This <laughs> is the last <Just>, house on the block.
0: You've reached rock bottom. Just, reached rock bottom. Yeah. <laughs> there ain't no
1: preacher. There ain't no pastor. There ain't no doctor. Nothing. The only doctor that's left you is see the Tomás's corner. You
0: Tomas's pretty face. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's pretty ugly. Yeah. Yeah, not his yeah. face, the situation. Yeah, know, the situation. situation. You mentioned situation. Man, rock- I'm sexy, man.
0: I don't know what he's talking <laughs> about. I said not about. your
2: face. I said the situation's
0: yeah. pretty ugly. <laughs> yeah. Stacy.
2: You mentioned rock bottom. Mm-hmm. And what I believe oftentimes with the interventions, um, and I too, um, it would not have worked for me. So I know what you think rock bottom is for me. Is not rock bottom for me, possibly. Right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. What you think? Not you personally. you that, know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. What? What my family? You cannot. You, know, you have reached rock bottom. Oh no. Oh no! I could go further. There's- oh yeah. no! <laughs> I have more. a couple pint or what? Fifth of vodka to go to for me to get Boom, out into the field. <laughs> to get out into the field with no shoes on with a gun. Yeah.
1: Yeah. My mom. I'm used- not
2: rock bottom because I. Um, told somebody in my family something that, you know, told them off or what, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah, or, my I, mom
1: used to think rock bottom was I was going through all the wires I used to click. Because first, <laughs> I used to think you're always a cop when you got too many wires, so I'd take everybody's wires, oh like cell phone god. wires. Oh. Oh oh. God, so I'd have a bag serious. full of them. Yeah. So I'd sort She's through like, the wires and she didn't know I just started getting loaded. Yeah. So I was loading through the wires like, oh my god. This is the rock bottom for you. I was like, I just started getting high. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean?
2: It's like this. Hold, 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 hold the phone. You ain't, yeah. you this ain't is seen the beginning. That. You ain't seen nothing yet. Yeah, exactly. You know, and that's just, I, I think that if my children, if my husband, if my sister, because we lost both of our parents, so we're kind of orphaned in ways, we say that. Mm-hmm. If my half-brothers, if my step-brother was not enough, for me to not walk out into that field, something was wrong deeper in my soul and in my psyche, and I I have mental illness. I will have mental illness probably for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. How I treat the mental illness, because those people whom I would die for, I was ready to die for a different way of my own selfishness and they weren't enough. But yet, I'd lay my life down for any of them. Explain that, you know? I was not thinking of my family, my son, who is a senior, whatever, getting ready in high school. I I was not thinking of anything but the fact that I needed to stop what was happening in the pain of this mental illness Mm -hmm. and the stigma with mental illness. I I don't want to have to get this beeped out, but I am. it it can happen to anybody. You can be a doctor. You can be a janitor. You can be whatever. There are things where you just know that things are not right, where you might have anxiety, where you might literally be paranoid, and you're keeping yourself in your room. You might be angry at everything that's going on in the world, and so you are starting to be Come full of rage where if you go out and you are armed you could do something to somebody and not even mean to because your mind has put you into that situation that is where the stigma is real Mm -hmm. you know i'm not some fancy little stigma of mental illness let's let's everybody say that we can get help love it but that's not me i am like this is what can happen to you this is, you know, these mm-hmm. are the resources that you can use now. Not that everybody needs to be nice um, and, and understand that people have mental illness. Yes, we do need to be nice, but that's not getting us anywhere in my way of thinking. Yeah, they want to make it's, it less
1: abrasive, so it's more accessible, be, wordsmith it. Yes. It's, but the truth of it, I, I agree with you, it's not. It's very dirty. It's very, messy. It's, it's messy. messy and we, ugly. And you, and you got to get the, to the root of it quick. Right, and you got to understand, your messy is not my messy to the next person. That's And right. you got to get ready to roll your sleeves up, put your boots on, strap them on, and get get into it because it's going to be a long ride. Yes. And mental health, just like recovery, is a lifelong mm-hmm. journey. It is. It's a day by day lifelong journey. It
2: is. I I absolutely agree with you, and the fact that I have have accepted that my brain is broken. My thinking is broken. People will disagree with me, but I know it is broken because when I go there, it's broken. If I don't take keep it in check and stay sober, it's broken. And I can be broken, but I can be beautiful. I can be broken and I can hope the best for you and everything that you're working for and mean Absolutely. it. I can be broken and when I hear the story about the living facility tribe, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to say tribal, so I didn't yep. want to say it wrong. <laughs> I can be broken and love you for all of these years and follow what you went through, be it stop smoking, be it whatever, and be happy for other people when they make those those accomplishments in their lives. And I will be broken forever. hmm So the biggest difference from your 13 years that you spent Mm -hmm. and the three years that you've had now, what are some of the biggest blessings that you've had since that you have a a recovery program now? That is um, a great question because in the 13 years, I was sober, Mm -hmm. but I wasn't working anything. I was working on Kennedy getting better. I was working on the miracle party that I started, which was the party for For children with cancer cancer and Mm -hmm. hundreds. And then thousand people would go to once a year. I founded that, you know. Then I was a foster mom. Then I worked for the the Veterans Suicide. You know, I was trying to help everybody else. Mm-hmm. I was helping my daughter because I had to, and that's what we needed to do. Mm-hmm. I was trying to help with the Miracle Party because I was starting to get lost and not working a program. So instead of drinking, I was doing the Miracle Party. I was starting. Then I was starting to drink and working with the Veterans um, Suicide Awareness. See, mm-hmm. see what happened. Yeah. I did not have a program. So, what is ha- what is what's the biggest blessing for me now is I'm aware and I can say it, and it hurts. But I'm an alcoholic, mm-hmm. and the first time I said it really was here on the show tonight. Yeah. I'm an addict. I have an obsessive compulsive personality. That if it's going to be all or nothing, I'm not going to just dabble. I'm going to go full force and. Not care if everybody else around me is going to die, too. Thank God I didn't get into fen- anything with fentanyl. Thank yeah. God I didn't get into heroin or meth. Not judging. I'm saying had I tried it with my addic- addictive personality, I would have been there. Yeah. I wouldn't have stopped. So with this, with this sobriety now, it's that I can admit who I am,
1: mm-hmm.
2: not feel such terrible shame that I am a recovering and completely sober alcoholic and addict who wants to help others i am a hundred percent service connected disabled not because i want to be but because other people did really bad things to me mm-hmm. i need to use that to help people but in a healthy way help people when i can yeah. because otherwise i would throw myself full force into helping everybody else and then i lose myself right yeah that's right yeah. so i just you know, I have so much to share that if anybody ever wants to message me on Facebook or whatever, I have quite a following there just because of Kennedy's journey. So I don't think I can accept friend requests, but you can follow. I think follow me or whatever. <laughs> I don't know about that. Reach out. Reach out is what, reach out is yeah, what reach I'm out. trying to say. Reach out. People. I got all into that like way too much. Um, <laughs> message me. I, you know, I'm not going to ask you anything personal. Mm-hmm. If somebody needs to message me, Need that's a veteran, or just needs some resources. Yeah, follows
1: enough, you know. Build up the build up the flow. Build that you know up. That I can yeah. send
2: some links to you. Like I can send links.
1: That's mm-hmm. that's amazing that you're available. You know, you Absolutely. can't keep what you, you can't keep what you don't give away. I truly yep. truly believe that mm-hmm. since the beginning. It's one thing in twelve steps. I'm a twelve stepper that I did not follow. They told me that, you know. <laughs> Hold up. You just can't just start helping people from the beginning. I mean, I wasn't going to try to sponsor, but I'm going to help you. Mm -hmm. I'm a grown ass man. I'm going to help you and I'm going to keep helping you. I have a motto. I'm going to help while everybody else hesitates. Yep. Mm
2: -hmm. I like that.
1: You know, you can twiddle your thumbs. I'm helping. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Well, hi, this is sharing our stories. We're here every Sunday on your radio at 7 a.m. You can also find this program on YouTube. Please, if you are watching on YouTube, do subscribe, hit like, do all of that uh, so that you get the alerts and that you, you catch the program whenever it is available. We're also on all your podcasting outlets, so if you're on Spreaker and so on and you want to grab this as a, as a podcast, you can do that. Our guest today is Stacy K. Cyphers mm. from Colorado, and, and mm. I want to thank you. Absolutely. Um, real quick, before we wrap up, I want to apologize when I didn't the miracle party for you as uh, for kids with cancer I was still in my addiction mm-hmm. and uh, I was suffering at that time and I remember I had a really hard time hosting that because all I wanted to do was drink at your event yes and I remember f- drinking there and, and 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 not I didn't do anything inappropriate no. but I wish that that I had been sober when I was doing that event so my apologies oh, absolutely. for the state that I was in yes. when you used to do oh, the miracle yes, parties yes um, and um, if you ever can, if you ever bring that back, you, you you sign me up to be your host and I've got yes. you in. Oh I would
2: love that. Okay. Yeah. COVID kinda took that miracle party hey, away and I don't and, I
0: think I think you're a powerful woman to bring it <laughs> back. All right. And I, I, think you can I do just that.
2: had a lot to say and I just have so many levels from childhood to the <laughs> military to cancer mom to, you know, foster mom where I have a lot I, a lot to say you. so I'm so, you know I sorry I have you. to like
0: vomit that out no no I commend you, <laughs> you thank do. you Maha, this program mm-hmm. is brought to you by Tribe Recovery Homes we want to mm-hmm. thank Nani and Tomas mm-hmm. for all the work they do here in Mahai and in Sin City now and in Las Vegas mm-hmm. soon soon to be opening um, to help people with recovery if you are suffering you need help pick up the phone call Tribe Recovery Homes if they can't help you they're going to put you in touch with somebody who can it might be Harmony you might be a veteran or yeah, yes. a first responder, With and they'll that. say, hey, we're gonna get you out to Harmony. We know exactly who to call, all right? Give them a call, 720-60-TRIBE. That's 720-60-TRIBE for Tribe Recovery Homes. Also online, triberecoveryhomes.com. And finally, a special thanks to Caring for Denver. Caring for yes. Denver is the organization that helps our recovery community here in the Mile High stay connected to better assist our Denver community. So thank you to we Caring for Denver. love you, Caring for Denver. Please share this program. Please help somebody you know who is suffering an addiction. And thank you so much for giving us your time today. This is Sharing Our Stories, and we'll
2: see you again. Peace.